Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone is back. I am Dustin Baker here with Wes Johnson and Cody Spears. Jason is off this week. We were off for one week. Wes and I were in Hawaii vacationing together, but we are back in our homesteads and bringing you NFL Trend Zone this week with a plethora, as usual, of new topics. The NFL season is heating up. We're kind of out of that dry zone that we had for content in June and July. So we're going to talk about Julio Jones landing in Tampa, Kyler Murray's study clause, a bunch of Packers who were evidently injured. Rodgers and the Conair stuff. Trey Lance, all systems go on him. And then some of the Patriots, Browns, and Kwesi Adafa Mensa, if we get time for that in his comments about Kirk Cousins. Those are the items on the agenda to talk about tonight, all pertaining to the NFL. Foremost, though, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information, from live in-game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to sign up and make your first sports bet ever for some. Use this promo code, which is tweaked a little bit, Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, Believe50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Trend Zone kicks off this week, after a week off, um, with the Julio Jones news. So it was kind of whispered, rumored that Julio would land with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, he actually upgraded. He went down to Tampa with Tom Brady, who has seven Super Bowl rings to Rogers' measly one. So I want to ask both of these fantasy gods in my midst two questions that are incredibly similar. Wes, I'm going to start with you. How far of a jump does Julio get from a fantasy football perspective? How revitalized do you feel about picking him? And then B, uh, these are very similar. On a football, regular football, how much juice does he add to the Bucks' offense? Okay. Uh, before I get to that, we'll do a little housekeeping. Uh, the Hall of Fame committee is out there. Mine regarding uh, Jim Marshall again, yep. again. and uh, our our very own uh, Jason Bolin. He will be back next week live from Broncos <laughs> minicamp. So that's right. Boom. Um, <laughs> but on to uh, Julio uh, from a fantasy fantasy perspective. Um, I'm not exactly sold on it. Um, Tom Brady, he recruited Russell Gage. Uh, the Bucks are paying Gage, I think it was three years around $30 million. Um, Mike Evans is there. It's the team is saying that Chris Godwin will be ready for week one, uh, which remains to be seen. Uh, they added Kyle Rudolph, um, who I think will be a better uh pass catcher than. Um, Cameron Brait. Um, so I I don't know where he fits in, um, target wise. Uh, and then Mike Evans is is still there as well. So I I, I think it adds depth 
to that quarterback room in the event that um, Chris Godwin is uh, not ready to go. Um, I, th- I think it benefits Brady in terms of he's somebody that likes to spread the ball around. Uh, so this just gives him another uh, possible reliable target. Uh, Julio has to be healthy, though, which uh, the last few years he hasn't been. So uh, fantasy standpoint, I, I think that a lot remains to be seen with that. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, get get him off of any of uh, my two dynasty teams, please come and do so. <laughs> so um, would, you, would you take Julio Jones or Russell Gage in fantasy? Uh, I would still lean on gauge uh, okay. just for the fact that Brady recruited him and uh, the contract that the bucks are paying him. What about like uh, AJ green, AJ green Julio. over Julio. Um, that- he, he didn't do too much in Arizona. So I, I would probably give yeah, Julio Julio's, the nod there. Julio's pretty stinky for me too. I don't, I'm not yeah. touching him in fantasy football, those hamstring injuries. Yeah. Where does uh does, does Julio get drafted in a ten team PPR? Uh, probably just based off a of rain uh, name yeah. recognition. Someone okay. has it. Uh, sorry, I'm cutting out here. Someone has it in their heads that he's Randy Moss 2.0. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there's a, <clears throat> I have to look it up, but I don't think Moss was 32 when he got to New England. I don't he think. also didn't have 13 hamstring injuries and 13 <laughs> foot injuries. Yeah. 13. <laughs> On wow. each, those are not even the same injuries. It's twenty six <laughs> separate injuries. <laughs> really? Oh wow! Yeah. And God, uh, also, did you know that Julio Jones leads the NFL in career receiving yards per game with ninety one point nine? Do you know who's second? No. Justin Jefferson, there you go, one point four, and Megatron third with eighty six. That's so pretty interesting. Moss was thirty when he got to New England and was All Pro, set the NFL record that stands to this day for receiving touchdowns. And unfortunately for Julio, I think there is a huge gulf between age thirty and thirty-two. So I don't know that whoever said that um, would be correct uh, because a like nobody has really ever done what Moss did in that third act of his career, and then b. Two years in a wide receiver's life when you hit 30 can be an eternity unless you're who we always talk about on the show, Larry Fitzgerald, Tim Brown, or Jerry Rice. Yeah, I should have known not to put any Randy Moss slander on this show. (laughs) So (laughs) Compare a Smo like uh, Julio Jones to Well, it's not fair to Julio because whoever tweeted that is saying that, all right, well, all you got to do is score 23 touchdowns, no big deal. Um, it's one thing to, for him to have 980 yards and eight touchdowns. Great. Uh, but to do what Moss did is damn near unprecedented. And oh, it yeah. is, it is for the NFL record for touchdowns. And his, so, ham, his hamstrings are like 55 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> neither one of you like it for fantasy, which is understandable. Some schmuck like me will probably get him because of his name. Um, however, Cody, what about the argument that now they're just deep as shit? If something happens to Gage or good one, in a playoff game, you should feel completely comfortable with Evans and Jones or Goodwin and Jones. Like it makes it so that one or two of their wide receivers can go down and nobody should care, right? Um, I personally wouldn't be in the business of handcuffing wide receivers. Um, maybe in like a Pat Mahomes offense, I could see something like that, but uh 
I'll not, I'm not going to take the risk with, uh, I mean, you, we're, I know we don't talk about how old Tom Brady is because he's awesome all the time, but this is a 45-year-old quarterback. Uh, anything past Chris Godwin to me in the offense, you know, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, that's all I'm really investing in. Even Kyle Rudolph, I think that he's just going to split duties out there. Uh, Russell Gage is probably the biggest loss right now. People have been loving Russell Gage all summer long, mm-hmm. and they're sick. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Tom's been trying to get Julio out there for a while now. I think it was back in January he uh, went on that show. I think it's called Indisputable, and he was talking about trying to get Julio down there and play in the nice Florida sun and win some games. So, you know, Tom's looking for him, uh, provided he can get on that field. Yeah. Yeah, I've never I've never heard that stat 13 and 13. That's that's gruesome. All right, I wish Jason was here for this ne- next topic cuz it's really right up his alley for that patented laugh of his. Um it's the Kyler Murray contract cuz evidently Kyler Murray has some supreme cognitive being that he doesn't necessarily need to watch tape a la Jamarcus Russell in order to thrive, which is if it's true to an extent um, it makes sense because Murray's a pretty damn good quarterback, probably about the ninth or tenth best in the league. However, habitually over the last two years, he and his team fall on their face like on December 1st. So maybe you need to start watching tape then to combat all of this in a $230 million contract, Cody. The the somehow they let this see the light of the day. Cardinals said you got to study film for at least four hours a week. And uh my goodness, it's so weird that that's built in there. Um it's I don't know. I, I, I thought it was uh parody when I saw the tweet, I had to look for the check mark and all this and it's not. So what do you make of the study hall clause Good team? I thought that was a pretty decent deal. You're talking about rookie of the year in 2019 uh, electric two-time pro bowler and pretty much a top 10 quarterback by any metric. Um, but then you got the study hall clause that you mentioned and that's great for the cardinals too that it's in there yeah but just having it implies trouble and that's (laughs) it's kind of you can see traces of it throughout the rest of the cardinals team uh whenever they asked kingsbury about it he said he doesn't track his players ipad usage to see how much they're studying and that all (laughs) players need different amounts and uh, he added that the independent study mandate in murray's contract shouldn't be a concern and to me, that kind of shows like maybe there's a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff and it smells like trouble. But I mean, like like I touched on, Kyler Murray's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. He took his team to the playoffs last year. So whether he wasn't studying film and now he's going to have to, you know, maybe maybe he'll get even better. So it's a good thing, but there's definitely some cracks to where if you're a Cardinals fan. It's not fun seeing that. Yeah, Murray has one really good thing going for him, and you made a point of it. He's good. So it's not like it's Sam Darnold, like some moron that, you know, by the way, you have to study, dude, in order to get this money. He's already so electric, especially in the first couple months of the season that, like, you're like, geez, this guy is going to dominate the league. He looks like Russell Wilson. And uh, it's just so for a guy of that caliber, when you see those multiple flashes of stardom (laughs) that you'd even have to say, you better get in the film room. Like you shouldn't have to say that Wes, what are we missing here? Anything? Um, no, I, I think it's just, they are taking the extra step to ensure the, the product that they're paying for, which is 
you know, a multi-million dollar quarterback who they're paying, you know, towards the upper echelon of the league is putting in the work um, so that he can perform better on the field. I, I think it, it would go along the lines of, you know, like a, if a team were to um, write into their contract some type of like LeBron James clause where they need to invest, you know, half a million dollars on their body every year mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to, to stay ready, which, you know, I, I, I could see a team doing that as well, especially if it's somebody who's um, had a history of injury, you know, that type of sports science um, written into a contract can only help extend that uh, person's career. And, and same for Murray, you know, it, it's not necessarily uh, his lack of knowledge on the playbook itself, but um, you know, they, they must've seen over uh, the last few years as they've fallen off in the second half that these defensive coordinators are adjusting. So it's a matter of Murray putting in the time to, to ensure that he's able to adjust with these defensive coordinators as they're making those changes. So I wonder if we're going to see this more often. Is this like a next gen thing? You know, you got all these younger players who grew up playing Fortnite all the time, or maybe, you know, (laughs) call of duty, something like that. And maybe they're just trying to protect themselves. I think I also heard something about like Kyler Murray being really big into video games. And if he wanted to retire early from the NFL, he can make a lot less, but still be all right. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, if if that wasn't the case, I do wonder if we're going to start seeing this at more contracts. Maybe it's like a next generation type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got the world by the balls. He can just go play baseball. He could play video games. By the way, be the QB one for two hundred and thirty mil. Um, it's so I, I totally get the sentiment from the brass Arizona's brass that says you got to start doing this, homie, because this is the way you're going to get to the next level. But it's so weird the optics. It would be like. Uh, my 11 year old, like if I say like, I'm going to give you your allowance each week, but you got to wipe your butt. It's like, it's just a complete no brainer that for an athlete who presumably wants to be the best win a Super Bowl, you have to study your opponent, study yourself. And it's, it's the equivalent of make sure when you go poop, you wipe afterward, like you, this is what you do. So that's why when I saw it, I thought it was fake. I thought <laughs> they're trying to yeah, get that me. Just- that just takes us back to what we were talking about. Kyler Murray, he's been good this whole time, and apparently he hasn't been wiping his own ass. So, I mean, let's see what he's like with a clean ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's that's the other point of this that's overlooked that, yeah, let's, now that he has to, or he has to fake it really well, let's see how good he is when he does it like the rest of the world does, and he does his homework. And, uh, yeah, so, all right. Well, that turned out to be a true story. I couldn't believe it. Um <laughs> Uh, this evening, we have three Vikings fans on this show, and so we would be remiss if we didn't have a Packers topic on here, and coincidentally, it's about Packers injuries. It's <laughs> uh, another thing I thought was fake when I saw it. There was some tweet where listing the names of all of their injured players wouldn't fit in a tweet because it was too many characters. You know, and I'm doing one of these rubbing my palms together. <laughs> so yeah, the Packers between the NFI list and the pup list have 14 dudes who won't be ready. Naturally, I'm sure they'll be just fine by mid-September and cruising along but uh Cody does this does this give you joy or does this cause alarm uh uh, for the Packers fans that this this many guys would be missing to start training camp 
uh, normally I'm an iron sharpens iron type of guy. I want, I don't want us to take the division and them to, let's say not have Aaron Rodgers. you know, there's then the other fans always try to put little asterisks in there saying, you know, we took it. That was the Rogers year or whatever. Yeah. So I do want the teams to be at full strength when we play each other. That being said, we play each other week one. <laughs> so if everybody, you know, of course I want everybody to get healthy and maybe they all get healthy for week one and just don't have the camaraderie or the time to gel. And I think that uh, these two teams are closer uh, in talent than a lot of people think. And I, I also think with Aaron Rodgers not playing in the preseason and then missing guys like David Bakhtiari, Elton mm-hmm. Jenkins, Bob Tanyan, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, and their kicker. Speaking of the Vikings, <clears throat> I saw this. Uh, I write and edit for VikingsTerritory.com and I saw this in my queue from Ted Schwarzler, who also writes from Twins Daily. And I talked about this on the Believe Show for, for those that listen to both, that he posted an article that talked about Kevin O'Connell being the front runner to win coach of the year. And I thought, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to publish this because I thought he found misinformation, kind of like the NFC North News <laughs> page. <laughs> and no, sure as shit on Bovada.com. Kevin O'Connell is the front runner with a plus 1200 money line to win coach of the year. So, oh, wow. yeah, I couldn't believe it. it. The the sports book was skewed towards first year coaches and young coaches like Brandon Staley, Mike McDaniel, Nathaniel Hackett were all like 1400 for the money line. But uh, it was like the first bit of O'Connell positivity, at least for the national media or sports book in this case, that I thought for sure he got duped. Um, I guess I'm, I've, I've been a doubting Thomas in the show for some reason. Uh, Wes, about these Packers injuries, these aren't just no names. There are some no names, um, even by your standards, that you'll have no clue who they are. But Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, Bakhtiari, Elkin Jenkins. And I think there were, uh, Robert Tanyan still on there. So, Wes, is this is this just Vikings analysts getting excited much to do about nothing or is this alarming (laughs) r-e-l-a-x relax (laughs) Uh, to echo uh rogers from a few years ago um beginning of camp uh, they have some guys coming off of of injury so obviously um you know they're giving them that extra time needed to heal and not rush them back um i I don't exactly recall uh on uh players on the pup list but i believe it might open up a a roster spot uh so that's probably the reasoning behind it uh the only area of concern was i believe bakhtiari it was reported today had a secondary knee scope over the summer so uh, that could delay him uh, starting the season. Um, he could wind up on the um, the pup list to begin the season uh, with the uh, indication to return at some point. So um, that's probably the only concerning injury for them. But uh, I believe most of their injuries, at least to the major name players, uh, it's more about just giving them that extra time to rest. On uh, back to Ari's, his was especially eyebrow raising because the Packers general manager said yesterday, yeah, yesterday that there's we're not putting a timetable on it. <clears throat> and if there was indeed hints that he would be ready for the Vikings game or week two or week three, usually you would say something a little bit more diplomatic, like, oh, he's trending in the right direction. But if you flat out say 
we're not putting a timetable on it. That is your intro to saying, oh, guys, you better be careful because this dude ain't coming back till Thanksgiving. That's how this conversation would start. And as Vikings fans, we already have summer injury paranoia where we expect every injury to be a season ender. And But think about this for a second. So as much as you are immersed in the Vikings community, think about if this was Vikings, 14 players on these lists. We'd be like, oh, nothing's changed. Same shit. This is a, get a new mm-hmm. trainer. Uh, we would just be up in arms that something ain't right. We should have never fired Zimmer, all the fun stuff. Um, but yes, the Packers are up against it, at least to start training camp. Um, but as we both, all three of us, I should say, will cynically say, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Next, um, in another... No minced words segment. The San Francisco 49ers have said Trey Lance is our quarterback and good luck to the other guy. And general managers, head coaches, they usually will dance when asked these questions, especially when you have somebody that just took you to the NFC championship game. But per their own words, this is the Trey Lance era. Wes, you live out there. Is it is it good riddance to Garoppolo? Is there a sect of folks who would want him back, or is this guns ablaze for Trey Lance? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good riddance to uh, uh, Jimmy G, and uh, welcome to the Trey Lance era. Um, he passed his physical, which allows the team to cut him and free up uh, seven mil in cap room. Uh, should they so choose? Um, I think they're still holding out hope that they can uh, audition them and practice for you know the next few weeks and potentially find a trade partner to um, get some type of compensation back. But uh, yeah, they they are moving on to Trey Lance. Um, they believe in Trey Lance, and then also just the amount of draft capital that they surrendered to uh, get Lance. It's, it's time to see what they have. Um, One other note, and this was just heard from local radio regarding Jimmy G. Uh, Apparently Kyle Shanahan was out on him. And once he missed uh, Emmanuel Sanders in the playoff game, um, I think that was the the Super Bowl that they were playing. Uh, Jimmy G wound up overthrowing uh, Emmanuel Sanders. They got the protection they needed, and they were, you know, going for the jugular, and he just missed the throw. So, um, local radio said that once that happened, uh, Shanahan was done, and and they looked to find um, a replacement, which you know they found in Lance and. We'll see what they have in them. And that was a Super Bowl, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that vividly because that that would have done it. <laughs> Mahomes yeah. would be ringless if you can believe that. If he connects on that throw, there's there are inflection points like that. I remember a um, Sunday night or Monday night game for the Denver Broncos in the 2018 season where Case Keenum had a wide open. It might even been Emmanuel Sanders, but it was somebody on <laughs> the right hand side of the field and. <clears throat> wide open to beat the chiefs. And it, it just one hopped him right at his knee on a breakaway route. And uh, I remember then seeing some Broncos do tweet, like, you know, you could put this picture on your wall as the reason that case Keenum didn't work out because those are the throws that will separate the men from the boys. And uh, I think to an extent when, when case Keenum did that against the, the, I guess the, the 49 or the Eagles and FC championship, 
when they crumbled, defense crumbled, everything crumbled. I think there are just certain inflection points for decent quarterbacks that if you can't make this throw, then you ain't it. And ultimately they got Trey Lance for it. Now I want to get Cody's take on this because Cody is the eternal 49ers optimist calling him the best, them the best offense in the league when Wes couldn't even refute it a couple (laughs) weeks ago. Cody, are you ready for the Lance era? I bet you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm loving these July topics. Last week, we got to touch on uh, some more young quarterbacks, Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. You know, uh, like you said, I'm the eternal optimist. Give me those second year QBs. <laughs> this week, it's Trey Lance and someone to be named later. But Trey Lance is a mega star at quarterback. He will be no worse than a top eight quarterback in this league. And I do got to say that I admire the 49ers being straightforward and saying this is Trey's team. Like y'all said, they teams don't do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's good because they're 100% right. This became Trey's team when they traded those three firsts for those rights. Um, but it's refreshing to see the front office and uh, the players and the coaches all on the same page. They even said that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to practice anymore. I think I did see that. And that... Um, there are, there's no animosity in that. The whole team likes both quarterbacks. Uh, I do think that the 49ers' decision to sit Lance last year was a good one because they did end up in the NFC Championship game, just barely losing to the Super Bowl champions. Um, but I do have a hot take alert, if that wasn't enough hot take-ish for you. Let's hear it. There. Uh, Brandon Ayuk will finish as the wide receiver one for the 49ers. Uh, Shanahan's been raving about him all summer. The past two years, he's kind of in Shanahan's doghouse. But he, Shanahan actually said the way he came back for the offseason, it was awesome. He was so prepared and one of the leaders of our team, and that continued into the summer. Well, also, apparently, Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance have been hanging out. And that's a best friend alert, just like Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. They've been <laughs> hanging out. They've been showing up at Kyle Shanahan's house and running Suicide Hills. I mean, these guys are best friends. Brandon Ayuk to the moon he's gonna finish ahead of Debo Samuel I think you stole that take from Wes because Wes said positive things about Ayuk about a month ago right Wes no no oh. that that, that one's me. Cody I've, oh was yeah, it Cody stealing, was it, stealing his own takes okay no nah, no I've been leaving little breadcrumbs so we can send <laughs> up to the season whenever we do our favorite fantasy football takes oh yeah we'll, we'll, yeah we'll get that on the books you guys can argue for an hour I love it <laughs> hey were you did you witness uh how Wes got Rudolph in that deep league? Yeah, I did. Insider I told trading. Him, I told him that Rudolph is spent. Good luck. <laughs> oh, okay. So now you're playing it off. It's no big deal. Excellent. I'll keep Drew Brees on my team instead. <laughs> Kaepernick and Brees. Yep. <laughs> all right. So you are unabashedly all in. You sound like a Niner fan when you. I do. I think speeches. that yep. every year it seems like I kind of get a little crush on a on another team, and a, you know maybe. I hope they do good, and then we could whoop the hell out of them in the playoffs. And yeah. so, like, for me, last year, I think, um, was the Carolina Panthers. No, okay. maybe it was the year before. Either way, Carolina Panthers I've come on to recently. Uh, we also had the Jets. And I think for this year, for me, it's the 49ers. I mean, Trey Lance has to be one of my favorite players in the league, and I hope that I, this is another thing we'll touch on later, but Kwesi eventually – well, I think he's a he's the type of guy to swing for the fences for a talent like that. And that has me super excited. Well, that's a segue. So we'll pick that up here in just a second. <clears throat> but on um, Lance, does it bug you at all? He hasn't played football since before COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, all. he played for the 49ers last year, had a couple no, 
he played the first drive of the first game or in the red zone. And that's about it. Right. Uh, he had no, he actually played in three games and okay. in one of the games he had 89 rushing yards and a couple hundred passing yards. Okay. And uh, he actually kind of was reminiscent of when Mahomes came in that time for Alex Smith and sure. kind of just showed that raw tenacity to where really the only thing that he had to work on was to where everything was kind of like um, you didn't have to think about it and it comes naturally to him, which segues into my quote, my last quote right here uh, <laughs> is Trey Lance talking about how last year uh, I was swimming a little bit. It was hard not to be being drafted. And then 10 days later, rookie mini camp. So just trying to keep up, keep up with the other guys in the room. But yeah, I feel very different this year for sure. And so if he if he is if it comes to him naturally, because like you mentioned, you didn't play football very much to begin with. If it comes naturally for him, he has all the physical talent in the world to be bigger, faster than Josh Allen, who is my comp for him and the ceiling, I think. All right. I challenge you by the end of the show, think of a young quarterback youngish on the bubble that you don't think is good. I want to see if you're capable of, of slander of a young quarterback. <laughs> That's <laughs> the right, dynasty so, fantasy football and me speaking. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's, the, it's to the moon. I love it. <clears throat> All right. So you name dropped crazy Dafa That's on our list. I'm going to move it up on the agenda. West, you'll get a first crack at this. Here's what happened last weekend. Um, published the USA today. Kwesi Dafaminsa sat down with Jory Epstein and she asked him about the quarterback situation. And he said, you know, coming into the Vikings organization with a license to do whatever you want, he'll be frank, was his quote. The thing that gives him some anxiety is that he, you you choose not to burn down the quarterback position. So presumably he did some soul searching to figure out if Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback for this team right now. Um, in the same interview, he said that we don't have a Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. And so some media outlets, outlets twisted that to say, well, yeah, Quasi isn't sure about Cousins. Uh, the score tweeted out, you know, is it short term for Cousins in Minnesota? You know, creating this schism. Um, and in reality, my take on it is that, of course, he's not as good as Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else is right now, aside from perhaps Josh Allen. So in the now, uh, it seems like he is content with Cousins as the quarterback. But um, did you, Wes, what am I missing from that analysis? Like, does this mean that Cousins truly is a short-term solution? Because that's fine if it is. I just want to understand it better. Um, I mean, he very well might be. I, I think they'll definitely give it the next two years and and maybe uh, a year after that, uh, depending on how they can structure the contract. I, I think I've came on here before and uh, mentioned how uh, with all this wide receiver money going around, eventually they're going to have to pay Jefferson and it might be a, a perfect segue to move off of Kirk's money and transfer that over to Jefferson while at the same time ushering in a, a younger quarterback um, during that time frame. But in terms of his comments, I, I think uh, with Kwesi being a, uh, you know, numbers guy, wall street guy, I, I, I believe a little bit of him kind of thinks in, uh, computer code, you know, he thinks in ones and zeros and mm-hmm. there's not that real gray area is Kirk cousins, uh, at the level of Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. No, I, I bet you, he would have thrown 
Aaron Rodgers name in there as well. If, uh, you know, he wasn't a division rival, uh, I no, think we would have burned down en- the building. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I think he was smart enough to, to not mention that name. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't think that there was a, a lot of gray area in his answer. Like, no, that's not where Kirk cousins is at. Can he get there? Probably. Um, you know, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Like it, it, it's possible. Um, I, I don't know if it's something that changes in quarterbacks once they win the Super Bowl, but I, I think maybe internally some quarterbacks, they tend to relax a little bit more and play a little more loose once they have, uh, you know, accomplished such a feat. Um, as of right now, there's only seven active quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl, five uh, of which are, are starters and two of which are backups. So, um, you know, is Kirk Cousins on that level? No, he hasn't won a, a championship. He's won a singular playoff game uh, so far. So there's definitely work to do. I, I, I don't think it was... Uh, uh, negative comment towards Kirk. It was just, you know, Questy answering the question to the best of his ability uh, in a one or a zero, which it, it was a zero <laughs> on this one. He's not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Cody, it's it's self-evident that the Vikings don't employ Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or a quarterback in that tier. Is that inherently a dig at Kirk Cousins? Uh, I don't know if it's so much a dig at Kirk Cousins. I think that Quasey really showed what his hand really looks like by re-upping another year. I think he we have to have Kirk no matter what what next season as well. I know it's through 2023. I don't know if it's through that season as well. But uh, I think he's open to see how far Kirk can take this team under O'Connell. And if it's January and Kirk showed us that he's not the guy, I don't think Quasey has any qualms about looking to wash his hands of the situation and getting elite at the position. Um, like Wes was talking about, you know, maybe shifting that big cap hit over to Jefferson. Ideally, we're going to be in a situation like with Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes or Garoppolo and, and Trey Lance. That would be, you know, the best route. Um, either way, I'm ecstatic because to me, what Quasey said today is that to me that was our gm giving us a solid floor in qb play that was him telling us you know what i'm giving you a kirk cousins but i'm not going to tear it down and go worse than that and if he does he's going to shoot for the top of the league he's going to try to find the next tom brady try to find the next pat mahomes we're not going to be bringing mike glennon in here for 30 million dollars and getting rid of Kirk Cousins. And we it's used to do that. The Vikings used to do that shit for yeah, like they de- sure, decades straight. They sure shit mm-hmm. did. <laughs> well, give me to Matt Castle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it, that's what I thought. And that's Vikings the recent one. Was. Oh, yeah. Throughout the 90s, man, it, one after another. And some of them were great, like Randall Cunningham and Jeff George for a season. Um, mm-hmm. But it really was the Viking way to find a past his prime vet squeeze that prime back out of them and hope for the best. Um, ultimately it never worked out, but it was damn fun along the way. Um, weren't you, let's say, Oh, you, is, was that what you were going to say about Quasi earlier about how you were excited that, you know, it's kind of the bottom floor is, uh, cousins. Yeah, uh okay. Quasi's showing us that he has, he has a standard that he's in a stick through. Oh no, here and, you, you and at his, you said the thing about he would have the testicles to pull off a big trade package. 
his recent history in the NFL draft, you know, he's not scared to step on toes to get what he wants and what he thinks is best. And I don't know uh, how you guys feel now about our draft, but I feel even better about the whole, how the whole night went down. Yeah, we could have got more, but the more it sets in and the talent that we have at the end of the day, I, I think we got quite the haul and it just kind of, uh, I really like how Quasi is real with us, especially after all the shadiness we've had from the past regime. I mean, half, most of us had no clue that Mike Zimmer and Spielman were having those issues. Mm-hmm. With Quasi and O'Connell, I feel like that's not even on the table. Like, no matter what, that's not on the table. And that's super refreshing to kind of have that same approach from that you see with the 49ers, which, you know, he did come from that organization at one point as well. The the reason that the Vikings weren't able to step on the throat of the Lions on trade night like everybody wanted was because there was no big-name quarterback to go up and get. That will mm-hmm. eternally be true. Um, yes, it would have been great. They should have done it, especially to the Lions. But when you're trading the farm to get a, I guess in that case, top 12 pick, or in the Niners' case, Trey Lance's pick, it's it's going up to that spot when there is a draft class stuffed to the gills with quarterbacks. And this simply was not that. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the, the, the controversy over him trading with division rivals uh, was because there was no abusive deal to dole out. There wasn't a quarterback like Josh Allen or Mar Jackson or the hype around Sam Darnold way back when it was just position players, which mm-hmm. can't change that. And everybody's just scared to see in, um, Jameson William running right <laughs> past Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen for a touchdown. That's everybody's biggest fear and their biggest issue with it. Yeah, that's that's my beef is that we won't. Well, you guys will, but the masses won't have the global vision to see if Jameis Williamson is just an average player and like 500, 600 yards. But then Booth and Seen and Asimov, if he, any of them turn out to be good, nobody will care. It's all the referendum is on the wide receiver because he is the guy in the commercials. He's the guy on the billboards and Mm -hmm. um, the trade, both Packers trade too with Christian Watson. It's all going to be about how those two wide receivers work out. I saw Andrew Booth making plays in practice today. It's nice to see a cornerback that can catch. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about Belichick and the Patriots. This one's kind of goofy. Evidently. He's not going to have an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator this year. It's it's just him. And we joked about it, I think, back in the spring about how one year he didn't have a defensive coordinator. And he's like, that's cool. But now he doesn't have either. Uh, I think he has. What does he have? The Patricia as a special assistant and some other person. Offensive line coach. And then you got Joe Judge as the quarterback's coach. Okay, so there you go, Wes. Uh, He doesn't need a formal title. I don't I don't know the reasoning behind it, but does he need it? Um, uh, possibly. I mean, if, if I'm on a team, I, I would want to look to somebody for some direction. And as of right now, uh, I mean, I, I imagine they will have a play caller, but at the same time, like you want some sort of structure that you're used to and not having that offensive coordinator to, to go to and, you know, complain to or or whatever, uh, I think is a little odd. <laughs> yeah, it is. <clears throat> and it's so against the grain. And because it's Belichick, we're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that works. Um, if it was somebody else that hadn't been in the league for 30 years, it would be like, oh, this guy doesn't get it. <clears throat> but 
Belichick, if anybody's going to try it, it can be him. Cody is it is a bizarre that Bill is like, nope, don't need him. It's definitely bizarre that this is a thing in the league, but is it bizarre that it's Bill Belichick doing it? No. <laughs> if we if we take a step back and think like Bill Belichick, you got to think Joe Judge was a special teams coordinator hired by the Giants. Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator hired to the Lions. Um, let's see, you had the guy who went to the Dolphins, Flores. So what if Belichick is playing big brain games and he's like, you can't hire my coaches anymore to be head coaches because you don't know who's calling the plays and who's the coordinator. <laughs> I mean, it could be big brain games. It could be something simple like maybe offensive line coaches make a lot less money than offensive coordinators do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do want to say that um, even though this is supposed to be the worst three-way in the Northeast between Belichick, Matt Patricia, and Joe Judge, there is a fourth contributor, and it's Mac Jones. This guy is going to light the league on oh fire this God. year. <laughs> I can't wait to get to the last segment when you he identify. He may be the most important of the bunch. Uh, the Patriots have raved all offseason about Max regression over the offseason, enabling him to be the de facto offensive coordinator. And they're going to be running a simpler, faster offense. I think this could be a team that gets out uh, maybe in the you know top third of the league and how many plays they get off per game, which typically they're kind of a slower offense, mm -hmm. kind of controlling the tempo and playing the game of inches like Belichick likes to do. So I do think this is going to be a different offense we see. It's going to be faster. They're going to run more plays. And I think that a lot of it, by the end of the next year, we're going to be saying that Smack Jones calling the plays. Wow. All right, that's a lot of that, a lot of steam here <laughs> on these young quarterbacks. I do have a huge crush Rosen segment and talking about how only Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are good out of that class. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. That's a that's another one to segue. West for the Browns. We think Deshaun Watson will be suspended anywhere from four to seventeen games. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that'll come down. Presumably before September eighth. Uh, they have Jacoby Brissett, who was uh, tabbed today as the QB1 if something happens to Watson, probably because I guess they're, if you want to call it, stylistically similar. But they also have Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen now. <clears throat> and I want to know from US, is Rosen just going to be like something within two months we won't care about and he'll be a cut or a practice squad? Or is this a career reclamation opportunity? Yeah, Josh Rosen's uh, cannon fodder at this time. Uh, I, I still believe in my take from a few weeks ago that Jimmy G finds his way to Cleveland, uh, especially if it's a, a lengthy suspension for Watson. Uh, if it's like four to six games, I think maybe they stick it out with Brissett and, and just ride that way. But uh, if it's something like half the year to a full year, I, I think they um, – they make that move for Garoppolo. So um, Rosen's just a camp body, I believe, right now. Um, I don't think they're trying to make him a thing. A lot of teams have tried to make him a thing, and he's been nothing more than just uh, a body in the camp. Amen. All right, Cody, let's do, dare I ask. We got chosen Rosen here, only 24 years. No, I'm just kidding. We got <laughs> Josh Rosen here. Like, like Wes is saying, he's cannon fodder. If you wanted me to play devil's advocate here, uh, I will say uh, Josh Rosen does have two game-winning drives in his rookie season with that awful Cardinals team, and he's never had a viable offensive line. 
Um, but other than that, I don't think that the mental's there for him. Uh, he's a great college quarterback, had one of the greatest games, UCLA versus Texas. Uh, you have to wonder how we got to a point where he was being taken ahead of Lamar Jackson and being tossed up there with Josh Allen. Hmm. And you got to wonder even more, Baker Mayfield went first and Sam Darnold went third. Now they're in Carolina battling it out. I mean, that whole draft class is crazy. I don't even want to talk about who we picked because we're playing them this year. Mike Hughes. <laughs> um, but did you know that there hasn't been a time in recent history or at all really where a first round QB played for his team only to get somewhere sent somewhere else the following year? We do have like Manning and John Elway, but they never played for those teams. Even Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf lasted like three seasons. So this was a huge swing and a miss. But good on the Cardinals for changing their minds and knowing that they missed. Yeah, what, right a year later, right away, you don't yeah. see that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like right away, it was so bizarre. All right, tell me uh, next, uh, Rosen, notwithstanding, who is your one youthful quarterback on the bubble that you're not sold on? I don't have any shares of Justin Fields. Um, I think that's more of a Bears thing. Okay. Um, let's see. It's hard to find uh, Tua. I'm not sold on Tua. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have I won't have any shares of him. Uh and Jalen Hurts, I think that and I don't know if people like Drew Locke even count. I don't know if anybody even believes in him. Jalen Hurts, uh, I've had a hard time believing in the way that he throws the football. Um, going back to Alabama, maybe it's just that that biasy. I think that the Eagles uh draft a quarterback next year. Jalen Hurts is probably on the move. Wow. Well, Madden agrees with you. <clears throat> when Wes and I were in Hawaii, all the Madden ratings came out and uh, I, I screenshot them or called it out to him that he was like uh, 70 something in Madden. So yeah. Matt, Madden's with you, but Madden never likes young players as it is. Yeah, I think that <laughs> if they just try to take away what Jalen Hurts does best, which all their moves they've made this offseason towards the passing game makes you think they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. How good is he really compared to his peers if he's playing let's say their game instead of his game. It's kind of like when they're telling RG3, just stay in the pocket, don't run anymore. Well, RG3 didn't become offensive rookie of the year by staying in the pocket and not <laughs> running anymore. Right. You're telling me Jalen Hurts is about to make that same jump and be up there with guys who that has been their game, and that's what they're working on all the time. Like, Let's take away the one thing that makes Jalen Hurts different and great and make them do something else. So I'm I'm not a big believer in Jalen Hurts either. Okay, that was quite the list. I'm I'm impressed. <clears throat> <laughs> I was trying uh, to think of all the teams. I know I missed a couple. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> that's homework for next week. All right, Wes. Any closing arguments? Uh, no. I'm just waiting for Cody to be proved wrong with Tua. So that, that's yeah. fine. I, I'll take those Tua shares because yeah, um, I, I think he's going to make that jump. Yeah, and yeah, you, he, he'll hand off the ball real well. <laughs> you you two have a severe divide on Tua. I don't know if you have a litany of players like this. I but. mean, I like Tua, but Wes liking him so much and Wes being my probably best rival, it makes it to where it's like, sorry, you're Wes's guy. I have to like you yeah. less and find <laughs> the things wrong with your game. That way I'm not over here like, dang it, Wes sniped me again and took my quarterback. you got to have different players. I was going to say maybe you have an anti-Alabama slant, but no, you went out of your way to commemorate Mac Jones. So it's, it's oh, not yeah. that. I, I got into college football through the NFL. So I started with a lot of the NFL 
um, I guess you could say universities mm-hmm. and then kind of chose my teams from there. So I, I'm, I like Alabama a lot. They got, they give you a lot of players to root for, for sure, which <laughs> by the way, you know, best of luck to John Mechie. That's, that was horrible news. Yeah, that absolutely was. All right. Well, next week we'll have a full week with training camps to break down and Jason Bowen will be in Denver going to Mongo's training camp and he'll talk to us that evening. Uh, but that's all we got tonight, and peace. Peace, Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.